Today on Building the Bakken. And now we've got frat houses in our R1. The only difference is instead of Greek symbols on the wall, they're company logos on the truck. I'm originally from Brooklyn, so coming from a big city to get out of it, and then 10 years later, it seems like I'm gonna wind up right back in it. How many people do you have living behind the shop at the diesel place? Uh, how many people you got in crew camps? How many people are living in the RVs? You make your own action around here. If you can think it, you can probably get away with doing it. From the epicenter of the nation's economy, North Dakota. Crude oil, 100 million years in the making. This was brought out of the ground about three days ago. It's just now seeing the light of day for the first time in 100 million years. The Bakken Formation is transforming the way people live and do business. I work in the oil field up in the Kildare Mountains. It is snowing. Been snowing here for about an hour to hour and a half. Visibility is quarter to half a mile. Each week, host Jason Spies leads headline making interviews with industry voices and oil field newsmakers. With that, I bring in Senator Thune from Washington, D.C., Senator of South Dakota. How are you doing, sir? Doing well, Jason. Good to be with you. Building the Bakken is about the people, the culture, and the community. I sleep in the back of my Dodge Ram pickup. Yeah, nine days, out there 24-7, no shower, you know, no anything. The host of Building the Bakken, Jason Spies. If you like fine wine, you love fine oil. Welcome to Building the Bakken. I'm your host, Jason Spies. On today's program, we focus on housing within the Bakken. We interview a variety of specialists to focus in on what exactly the future and the present hold for Bakken housing. In our Crude Life segment, we sit down with the Blue Ribbon Band, a band traveling around in the oil patch, singing at community events. They give us their perspective on living the crude life in the oil patch. In addition to the radio program, Building the Bakken writes columns for The Drill, a monthly oil publication put out by the Dickinson Press and form communications. You can pick up a copy of that publication at a variety of locations across the state of North Dakota, or you can visit their website, bakkentoday.com. A little bit later in the program, we're going to visit with the editor of The Drill, Kevin Holton. Kevin Holton is going to give us an update on what is in this month's copy of The Drill, as well as a new specialty publication put out by the Dickinson Press involving the community. We'll talk with Kevin Holton about that a little bit later in the program. We also talk with Dean Bangson, research professor from North Dakota State University about the economy and jobs within the Bakken. All that plus much more coming up on Building the Bakken. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode of Building the Bakken is brought to you by Signal Media Group and the Mondak Oilfield Review. Welcome back to Building the Bakken. I'm your host, Jason Spies. Our top feature story this week focuses on Bakken housing. There are many positive aspects that the economic boom has brought to the Bakken region. There are also some problems brought to the region, especially over a short period of time problems. One of those short-term issues, at least believed to be a short-term problem, is housing. Whether it's temporary or permanent housing, it seems to dominate much of the conferences and also issues within the Bakken region. High rents, lack of rooms, harsh winters, increasingly stricter RV and mobile home regulations, man camps, hotels, and other factors funnel into the housing industry out in the Bakken. Previously quiet, Williston, North Dakota is experiencing the challenges of increasing pressures on infrastructure, culture clashes, 
and displaced individuals. Williston resident Jeff Zarling is president of Dawa Solutions. Zarling and Dawa Solutions have hosted a number of Bakken conferences across the country. Zarling also is a featured speaker on the Bakken. His company offers Bakken field tours and is one of the most foremost authorities on the Bakken today. I had an opportunity to sit down with Mr. Jeff Zarling during the Minot Investors Conference, and this is what he had to say about housing in the Bakken. We focus on the information that's needed. Uh, we talk about ear-to-the-ground type of information. You know, there's a lot of conferences, and over the last year, there's been a large number of conferences. It seems like there's a Bakken conference just about every week. But we live this every day. I mean, I, my kids go to school with the kids whose parents are in this industry. We, we go to church with these guys. We, we see them all day, every day. We, we know the information, that ear-to-the-ground information. I gave that briefing yesterday, and, and the things that we can tell and share are not things you're going to find in the media because nobody wants to print what we have to say. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's above everybody's head, the average person. We knew a year ago that the hotel market was softening. I had investors in my office last February talking about doing two hotels and three apartments in Williston. And I questioned what kind of volume we needed or, or inventory of hotels we needed and start questioning that on what's coming online. And they got frustrated with me and saying, you know, you have 100% occupancy rate. I said, well, those aren't hotels. You know, they're hotels built with a hotel flag, but you're leasing them as apartments. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, that's ending soon. And that's going to transition because those people they have in apartments or motels are going to be moving into apartments. If you notice, those companies that had those long-term leases were pulling building permits themselves and building apartment units. That's the kind of market information that we share. It's not to be kept secret. The better they understand the reality of the marketplace, the better decisions they can make. I don't want them overbuilding hotels. They don't want to overbuild hotels. So that's the information we look for and, and look to share. We need appropriate housing stock. If they better understand the marketplace, right now everybody's, you know, this phase one is all about shelter and trying to just get four walls. And we're saying there is, and, and they're talking about how that's softening. We're saying the market, there's market segments there that people aren't paying attention to. We're not seeing townhome product in Williston. We're not seeing condo product. Those are gonna bring the price points down to where these people are gonna wanna buy the house and make a longer term commitment. They're not gonna sign long term on some of these rates. And there's aging in place product. I mean, we have an elderly population that's living in their homes and they don't have an ADA compliant aging in place product on the market to look to. You know, So those are the types of things. That is the big story out here is that lack of affordable housing, which is an entrepreneur can have a dream all they want, but they need to have minimum wage employees to make that dream happen many times. The thing that I've noticed is that lack of, call it $10 an hour, to $15 an hour. Yeah, service, service sector housing. Service, service sector housing, right. that, that seems to be lacking quite a bit. It's almost like they stack them in like pancakes. And it used sure. to be charged by the person, now it's by the bed and bath. There's two bedrooms, there can be six guys fit in there, charge $6,000. Sure, and we're actually gonna see, I think, a transition from that. I think we're starting to see that transition. It takes good leadership to do that. Well, some of the developers that were okay with those things being built in their developments are finding out that that was a mistake because mm -hmm. they can't sell their single family home product because they're not in neighborhoods. 
they're in man camps in an R1 zone and they're finding that they can't market and sell the houses to families because nobody wants to be in a crew camp in an R1 zone. Mm -hmm. I got quoted in, in the paper last year when talking about the crew camp moratorium and saying that, you know, sure we have a moratorium over here, but we have all these companies buying these houses and putting 10, 12 guys in them and now we've got frat houses in our R1. The only difference is instead of Greek symbols on the wall, their company logos on the trucks. And that's what we have. This is, this is the market. If you listen to the market, if you listen to the realtors, if you listen to the people that are buying the homes, I mean, I, this, this information is from my employees. This is information from the people I try to recruit. This is from the people we know. They're living it day to day. We communicate that out. So the developer, yes, they, they can pencil this and it makes sense financially, apparently. But when you dig into the fact that now phase two, you can't sell a lot because they don't want to live in your development that they're now calling, you know, derogatory names. They they rename the development after the company, right? They use the company name. It's 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 not, uh, you know, yeah. Daisy Hills. Right. It's, you know. It's not Cedar Creek anymore. Right, it's ABC Hills. It's, it's, it's Halliburton. Hills. Hills, yeah, thank you, yeah. Instead of Harvest Hills. Sure. These are the types of things that when you're talking about hotel occupancy, you're right. It's, it's deceptive, really. Because long-term wise. Well, what happened? Now you have these hotels, they're talking about 60, 70% occupancy rates in Williston and, and here in Minot, you know, and this is a short-term pullback, I think, on some of that, because now you've, you've got this vacuum, because you had somebody that was leasing out hundreds of rooms on a long-term lease, the lease expires, they don't renew it, you have this huge vacuum. Now you have to rebuild that transient overnight because people didn't believe that there were hotel rooms available. So now you have to build that business back. So there are costs to those decisions. It's the short-term versus the long-term view. And that was Jeff Zarling of Dawa Solutions Group of Williston. For more information on Jeff Zarling or Dawa Solutions, visit buildingthebakken.com. Still to come on part two of our Bakken housing feature, we compare housing prices in New York City and the Bakken, as well as what the future holds for Western North Dakota housing.